Jetson. Welcome to the podcast. Before we get started on today's podcast, let me tell you how to get in touch with us. You can subscribe to our YouTube at First Comes Love. You can also reach out to us on Instagram or TikTok, First Comes Love TCM. You can also give us a call. Leave us a voicemail at 412-568-3763. That's 412-LOVE-POD. And lastly, you can send us an email. Let's talk at firstcomeslovethencomesmarriage.com. Mommy and Daddy sitting in the tree. K-I-S-I-N-G. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby and the baby. Carrots. Hey y'all, welcome to First Comes Love, Then Comes Marriage podcast. My name is Lindsay Jackson. And I'm Aaron Jackson. And I just want to say thank you for coming back week after week, joining us, continuing on this relationship journey. This week, we are going to recap the last episode that we had with Pastor Jordan Allen. It was so full of a lot of wisdom and jewels. I want to talk about what I got from it. Okay, what you pulled. And what you And, and what I pulled from it. Yes, yeah. yes. And so. so the conversation was about premarital uh, counseling. Yes. Uh, premarriage classes, as uh, we grew up knowing it to be called. And as all, I think it's like, before you say I do. Yes. Uh, so one of the first things that I took from it was the question that you asked. It was like, when do you think we, uh, the person should go to a premarital class, right? And he said, before you get engaged, which is interesting to me because I'm, I'm like, no, you, in my head, I was like, okay, I, I asked her, she says yes, and then we go to these classes, see if we want to get married. Yeah. Uh, but he was basically like, you can avoid so much stuff if you just, you know, take the class before, even if you're thinking about getting married. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought that was a one, like, that was one of the first quick hitters that I was like, oh, that's very interesting that he was like, if you're even thinking about marriage before, if you're thinking about marriage before you get married, look up a premarital class. Yeah, because the purpose of premarital classes is to get you to understand the person, understand your person better. And I think that when he was saying, I said, okay, that makes sense because most of the time, once you propose, you're already on the trajectory of marrying that person. And you've told loved ones, Mm -hmm. families, and friends. They're like, did you set a date? You're looking at venues. And so like the classes are kind of secondary, third. They're not even like the focal point. Yeah. You're just kind of probably doing them so that maybe the church or whatever you're doing can actually marry you, but you're not doing it to get to know the other person. And I think that's, I mean, that's a great point in reality. I don't know how many men, because he gave um, an example, how many men would willingly go to what is called a premarital class without having to first propose to the woman. That's just, that's me. I, yeah. I'm not sure. What yeah. do you think? Do you think that your it's friends... Kind of, so it's, it's interesting because it's like, if I go through this class and and like you said, it's not a pass or fail. Mm-hmm. It is, a, did you complete the class? So 
if I went through this class, I would feel more inclined to be getting a yes because we've been together. We were together 12 years when I proposed. Yes. And I was still nervous about that yes. Right. Yeah. I was super nervous about that yes. So I feel like that kind of eliminates, if you go through the class with somebody, you're a little bit less nervous about the yes. I mean, you probably still have to set up your uh, whatever corny proposal you got in your head, but... Uh, Having that yes is, it kind of is a stress reliever. Yeah. So that's one thing. But the other thing I would, I'm like, when we were dating and we used to talk about marriage, I used to have a saying, it was like, let's not talk about these things. Mm-hmm. And every time you were, you were mentioning, I'd be like, let's not talk about these things. Even though I was thinking about it in my head, I just like, I didn't want to put more pressure on our relationship. Right. And, uh. Like, the conversations that we had when it was, let's talk about these things, were after I proposed. So, I feel like maybe I set myself up because I was like, oh, I don't really know. I I can't really gauge where she is. Mm -hmm. But if a man is willing to do it uh, and he's serious about getting married, then I feel like, yeah, go ahead. Um, Some men around, like, my age, I'm 35, they... They are looking for wives. Like, when a man is looking for a wife, he's looking for a wife. Even with Emily, that's how we're setting up the season uh, with, like, you're dating first, and now we're doing premarital, and then we're going to go into marital and uh, marriage. And so when I feel like when a man is looking for a wife, he's very intentional. Mm -hmm. And setting up and going to a premarital class is an intention, intentional thing that I think, you know, uh, would be would be nice. It would probably save you from a headache. A- absolutely. And that's the point of mm-hmm. it all. It's like this is all in preparation. You don't know what life has for you. And he said this. He was like, you know, marriage is sickness and health and yeah. richer or poor. And you, mm-hmm. you don't know through jobs, through every situation, but it is a preparation so that and this is something that he said that I loved. He said, the good times are going to handle themselves. Yes. Hopefully, the good times are preparing you for those tough times that life is going to have. And so that's that's what this is about. But the one thing that I did get from everything that he said that I thought was so funny because it's in my orbit right now, like it's really, it's talked about around me, is birthing order. Yeah, I was like, really? You all pay so much attention to this? So when we were dating, I knew your family and I knew that he's the baby of five. I say this all the time. I don't even say youngest of five because after you have so many kids, it's like you're the baby. You will forever be the baby of your siblings, of your mom, of your dad. Like you're the baby of five. But I didn't pay attention to how it would affect our relationship. And he was like, this is important because this is how you all are going to kind of act in the households, like mm-hmm. the attitudes or the chores or whatever it is, how you speak to each other. Like birthing order is really important. And I hear it from my friends, but I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That makes sense. So I'm a middle child and I'm thinking, how does that affect you or how, you know, like, how- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's interesting because I don't know what everything everyone means. Right. Uh, but I do know that, like, um, with my family, there's five of us. I'm the youngest. I'm the second boy. So I'm, like, the double youngest. 
And because there's also the youngest girl. Uh, the who was older than me, but she's the youngest girl. Right. And it's interesting because when my family, me and my siblings are very tight-knit. Uh, we have a great relationship. I have a great relationship with all of them, uh, which is great. I praise God for that relationship. I'm very happy for it. Um, and I really want my sons to grow up. And, like, I see my brother as a friend. Mm-hmm. And I see my sisters as friends, uh, along with siblings. So... I just feel like, but when we're together, there is clear uh, positions. Yes. Even though we're adults. And that's why I told you, I said, our family can't, my family can't be together for more than like (laughs) seven days in the same house. Because even though I'm the baby of the family, in my family, I'm the man of the house here. So Mm -hmm. like sometimes I might be a little bit less... uh, less uh, alpha when I'm around my big sisters and my big brother and everything and I kind of let other people take the lead uh but here I'm um I'm the man in the house so I'm, I'm being alpha but there I'm not but after a while I'm like I need to show my alpha right and then that's where the head button goes so we know where we are and with your family I guess since you're a middle child the independence in you. I mean, even with you dancing, uh, dancing is more like a, I know it's an ensemble, but it's more like a solo sport. Yeah. It's more like a tennis player and the way that you can do things on your own by yourself, the way you can work out by yourself with no, and I'm like, I need people. I need people around. You're like, no, I'm cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's an interesting thing that I've learned, but I didn't think of it as a birth order thing. I thought it as a Lindsay thing. Right. But now, like, even in conversations, I'm like, okay, I could see how that Mm -hmm. can affect the relationship. Like, one of my girlfriends was like, I definitely asked what's his birthing order while they were dating. And I was like, I would not even think of that to be a question on a date. Because it wouldn't be to me like... Oh, you're the oldest? Okay, let me... Because, you know, I'm okay. Oh, you like, know. people were like, like, what's your sign? What's your oh, sign? No, oh, I'm not me here. and Aquarius go. yeah. don't match. So, but it, it, it was one of the things that was talked about. And it might be one of the things that does come up in marriage. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's something that might come up in the premarital classes. Because if you're the youngest and I'm the middle, if you need people, I'm just saying, and I don't need people, it might be if you don't pick up your after yourself chores and I'm constantly picking up, it might cause conflict. And so then just being aware of those things will say like, okay, well, you know what? We'll have to be extra careful about our words or about how we handle that situation, just knowing your upbringing mm-hmm. and my upbringing. And I was like, oh, okay, I never thought about that. So I, I, I said, okay, let me think about that a little bit more. I think the main focus when it comes to that is the word awareness. Yeah. Like being aware of the person's, your person's history and how they interact. That was probably like my biggest takeaway from that. It's like, I know how she acts around these people. If she's given in this situation, I can kind of know how she reacts. And that's, uh, we did a episode probably like season two about chemistry Mm -hmm. and that's how I developed chemistry because I know you. I know what you would do if it wasn't me, but you were in a certain situation, which I know uh, what you would do if I am with you in a certain situation. Yes. Uh, Case in point, I'm always like, when we go out to eat and 
something is happening and someone says something to me, if I'm by myself, I might not be as bold as mm-hmm. if I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're always, you know, like you said, you're you're pretty you're pretty good at observing my like isms. The isms. Yeah. <laughs> the isms. Yeah. Like, does your partner know your isms? Yeah. That's the question. <laughs> and, and and if you get married or you're engaged and you're about to get married and some isms pop up, that could derail uh, a whole engagement. Yeah. yeah. Like my leaving socks everywhere ism. <laughs> right. It, so, yeah. Yeah, it could. But that goes back to knowing your person through seasons. Mm -hmm. And so I think that like that was a key component to the premarital counseling because he brought up somebody who, you know, they met each other and they got married and within a couple of months and things like that. And then a year or so after they got married, unfortunately, they were no longer together Mm -hmm. because they didn't know each other and they didn't have the tools to get to know each other even and to figure out how to work together. Because to me, it's longevity, right? And so it's not about you like nobody got to stay together for 12 years like us. I mean, we're high school sweethearts, but it is about getting to know each other through different circumstances. Yeah. And that can happen over five months. I'm not saying it can't, but it's figuring those things out, you know? Perfect. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. It's the, and I like that you brought up cause he was like, yeah, they, they met for a month. They got engaged, they went to class, and we were like, hey, uh, what was the three, it was like three results for the class. It was... They're ready to get married. Boom, that's one. They could get married, they just have some things to work on. I'll work on this. Okay, maybe how he speaks, maybe Mm -hmm. how she does things, da-da-da, and... They're not ready to get married. You're not, the couple is not ready to get married. The couple is not ready. So he wasn't saying that you're not, as a person, individual, are not ready to get married. It's just like you're not ready to get married to the person that you're with. Yeah, and Um, that happens. Yeah. That's exactly, and most of the times it's like, okay, you know what? Maybe we're not supposed to be married. And he said this maybe we're supposed to be friends and we came into each other's lives for this specific reason, Mm -hmm. but I'm ready to get married. Now I know, especially after the cast, I'm ready to get married to someone else. Yeah. So let me keep searching. Let and me that, keep and that dating. And does happen, and it's you know it's different for you and I because we're happily married and uh, we've known each other all our lives. But I have seen instances of people who were dating, 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 didn't uh, thought that this was the person that they were married, end up not marrying that person, like dating for somebody ten years, mm. going to the next person. And then marrying that person and having a happy marriage. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it a lot. I mean, I guess when you're with a lot of like high school and college sweethearts, um, you know the stories. Because people know about us. We know each other since third grade. But then I also know about people who's like, oh, we've known each other since college. And for us, college was like 10 years ago. Yeah. And so they've been together 10 years. And I was like, oh, yeah, I broke up with this person. And now I'm with him and we're engaged. Because it was like all the preparation, preparation. Yeah. And now... Uh, I'm ready for this, and this is a person that's more compatible. I can adjust more. I can pivot. Uh, I'm ready to learn. And sometimes when people are together so long and they're stuck in their ways, there is no give and take. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is who I am. You knew who I was. And uh, the the fact that people aren't adjusting, 
that's one of the key things in our relationship. Uh, I loved you at 15, but I also love you at 35. But that's a 20-year difference. So I had to learn how to love you differently for 20 years of me learning you different, learning how to love you differently. What uh, did Pastor A.R. Bernard say? He said, adapt mm-hmm. and adjust. Yeah. There's two things you need in marriage, mm-hmm. to adapt and adjust. Yeah. And that and that's that's what it is. So those are my those are my key things. Welcome to the Am I Wrong segment of First Comes Love, Then Comes Marriage podcast. Uh, this one is very topical. Uh, this is a part of the show where I say a situation and you tell me if I'm wrong or if Lindsay's wrong. So what happened was we went to the movies. It was a date night and I took Lindsay to go see Creed 3. Uh, it's out in theaters. It came out last week. So this Friday will be like a weekend and we're watching it and she's you know she doesn't like the fighting parts or anything like that but in all like boxing movies or sports movies there's a montage a montage is just different clips of the training and Lindsay was having a a full conversation in her head that she didn't know and she was doing the ad-libs like oh 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 at one of the parts she said well I was like, what is going on? And she's like looking at these super muscular men doing all this. And she was basically like catcalling them and without catcalling them. She was like, oh, and her face was like this. And she like moved and she's in my arm and she moved around like, oh, ew. I'm like, what is going on over there? Uh, so I felt like it was a little inappropriate. You know? <laughs> I'm right here. Your bed is right here. Uh, I was like, what what, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Uh, And also, side note, Jonathan Majors was not on her list. And then I had a conversation with her. She was like, well, after that movie, he's he's like top three. Yes, you did say that. I said, oh, okay. Uh, So, am I wrong? If I take you out to a movie... And there are attractive men, Denzel, whoever it is, Michael B. Jordan's the it thing, Jonathan Majors. Shouldn't you at least control yourself <laughs> a little bit? Have some self-control while you're with your man. Okay. Okay, y'all. Okay. First of all, Jonathan Majors did do his thing in that movie. Okay. I was not a fan. I was not on. Like, I didn't know about him. And great job. Great and job. now you know? <laughs> now I know, y'all. But I didn't, like I said, I didn't know I was... Um, audible you about, to, you, about to, you about to dig deeper <laughs> i didn't know i was audible with it so if i was uh i do apologize i do think that we can appreciate a work ethic okay and so what i saw there on that screen mm. as a dancer um is someone who takes care of their body mm. okay michael b jordan okay jonathan majors so i appreciate that now i would never want to make my man feel any type of way so that's number one. But, you know, just appreciating the movies, I think I'm okay in that, y'all. So you can definitely let him know he's wrong and I'm good. You can DM us, Instagram, TikTok, First Comes Love, TCM. You can call the voicemail at 412-LOVE-POD. That is 412-568-3763. You can email us, let's talk at firstcomeslove, thencomesmarriage.com. 
Welcome back, y'all. We are still talking about premarital counseling and everything like that. And actually, we brought out our book because this is the book that we use. We talked about how we actually did not go through premarital counseling as far as a class is concerned before we got married. And it's not something that we specifically made a choice about because we were in New York and we were here and we were there. And I think maybe the timing just didn't work. It wasn't like it, yeah, you know, we uh, were for or against it. Just the timing didn't happen. The interesting thing is for us, it was before it's way before the pandemic. Right. So, oh, way. <laughs> you know, during the pandemic, they had the virtual classes. Back then, people weren't doing virtual classes like that. This in is our 2013. Church. Yeah. 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 No, 2013. Yeah. And so, but Lindsay had a really, uh, has, a, has a really close relationship with the pastor uh, yes. of our church, or the former pastor of our church. Uh, and he, he sat down with us and he had a conversation. And also, Lindsay's mom is a... Uh, family and what is it called family and marriage marriage therapist yeah so but either way we did want to do something because we knew that we wanted to be prepared beyond our own understanding Mm -hmm. and I think that's the point like you know a lot you 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 got some things that you're like okay I love this person and I you know I think I'm ready but there are some things that you just don't know there I mean whether you think you do it there's just you can't know everything so we got this book my mom gave me this book and getting ready for marriage workbook first of all I just I like workbooks I like to journal I like to write and this has <laughs> even looking through it we had this is ours um there are things in here that prepared us questions true or false writing in responses questions that I would answer for him and then ask him and see if I got it right. Really good stuff. And Pastor Jordan Allen said there's a book, which we have to check it out, but communication, sex, and money. The Uh three things that are vital to marriage that if any one of them is off kilter, the relationship is a little rocky. And this book actually has those three points in them specifically. So... You want to you want to do a little something? Yeah, let's uh let's look at the workbook. Okay. So this is the book, and oh, <laughs> we turn to the page, and this page says communication on it. Yeah. And the, it's like a his worksheet and a hers worksheet, and uh like it's true or false questions. So you want to read this one? Okay. It is important to me that you hug me at least once a day. True. We both wrote true, yep. and that was correct. That was correct. But these are so questions you never would think to ask because they're like, yeah, but there might be times in the relationship where like, oh, I don't want to touch and I don't want to hug, and you mm-hmm. like, but we said that we did, and then it's a conversation about it. So, okay, um, hmm, let's see, what is this one? Attitudes. Oh, 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 attitudes. I need to have private time on a regular basis. We both said true, uh, but that's not true anymore. That is, you know, it's not true for who? You or For me? you. Oh, I need private time on, on a, a regular, regular Okay, basis. daily, okay, daily basis and regular basis are two different things? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then yeah, that's for us. I think 
it is okay after marriage to see friends of the opposite sex in the evening time. We both put false. And I think that that's true. I mean, to yeah, see... You, wait, you said it's true that it's false? Or you I think, think it's, it's okay. I think it's okay to see friends of the opposite sex in the evening time. Yes, that's fine. That is fine. But, but when, when we, we wrote it, we said <laughs> false. We was like, nope. <laughs> but that was our idea about marriage. It was probably like, yeah. you're mine and I'm yours. And this is this is us. This is what we have going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so funny because right now I'm thinking as a father of two, I'm like, when's the, what time would I when, see my friends? <laughs> it has to be the evening when time. Is the, right. The evening. Right. Evening, that's, but it's, that's like six o'clock. You know, they're specific about opposite sex here, and yeah. that's that's a that's a communication. But also, my friends are of the opposite sex out here. They which are. Is funny. Uh, let's do um, one more, and just like uh, money. Oh, money. Let's do money. <laughs> uh, pick one, babe. Okay, let's see. I think we should make our children save money. Well, we put true. You put false. Oh, yeah. I, I'm like, whatever, they're kids. Uh, and you put true. Yeah, because I grew up saving money. Yeah, no, those get their allowance and they'll be fine. And it's it's interesting because this book is about, what, 300 pages, 250-something pages? Yeah. And Lindsay with her very, like, notes. <laughs> very notes. I don't want to... Uh... Let me see. And it goes through... One thing that it really goes through is the history, like we were talking about. The history of your relationships with your parents, your histories with your relationship with your siblings, uh, your favorite cousins, uh, who do you like the least, uh, situations where you were super embarrassed, um, things like that. So I can get to know Lindsay and get to know Lindsay in all these different types of situations. Uh, it talks about things that we never even thought about when it comes to giving money to kids right we talk about kids oh do you want to have kids okay that's one step mm -hmm. but that's the big part now it's the intricacies oh do you give allowance or do are they yeah. going to do their it chores says, do and you stuff think like kids should have pets do you how do you want to discipline them how do you wanna... yeah and it's like um <laughs> it's a lot of these with the sexual relations um, that are a lot of different. Yours was true, mine was false. We differed a lot. Um, I think I need to lose weight. How do you feel? Like things you maybe wouldn't even be as vulnerable to talk to your partner about just to tell them like, maybe this is how I feel right now. Um, all and that to say, what were you gonna I say? I was gonna ask you, um, with doing this worksheet, did you think, and talking to Pastor Allen, how uh, important do you think it was for you in, in your marriage right now? Do you think it was like, what was the significance? What Did it really help you prepare? Or you oh. think you would have figured it out? Or No, 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 no. Top tier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because communication is always first and people say it and it might be one of those things that you hear but you don't understand the the huge significance of it but there are things that like I said I didn't know to ask 
I didn't know. And we both grew up in a two-parent household. So we saw examples of marriage and yet and still you don't see everything. You don't you don't see what happens. A marriage is between the man and the woman. That's it. Stay out of grown folks' business. Exactly. So you don't get to see it all. And I definitely feel like that workbook helped us talk about things and also be just more open and honest. Like if you're writing, if you're as completely honest in what your answers are, and I am, then we're having a deeper conversation mm-hmm. and that prepares us for marriage. That reminded me, that was an excellent point. And it reminded me of the conversation we were having about the representative. He said in classes, uh, they people send their representative. Yes. And that that's going to be hurtful in the long run. And because like you were saying about the honesty part, if you're open and honest, like don't do stuff just because you want to do it if it's not going to be right for you. Uh, being open and honest, and I realized that she's not the one that I want to marry, or she's not, we're not going to, it's not going to be a good marriage, then that's going to be better for me than me trying to uh, be a different person or hold on to things because it, you know, it, things build up. They build. Yeah. And you could say like, you know what, actually this is going to be difficult. And you can see how difficult is it going to be. If you're saying like, okay, she says, I want kids. I want a lot of kids. And you're like, ah, I don't really want that many. Or what would happen? One of the questions is if you can't have kids and then you're thinking like, oh, you know, maybe that won't happen. Or, you know, and then one person says they're adopted and you'll say, okay, I guess. Or, but in your head, you really don't think you would want to mm, do something yeah. like that. You have to be honest from the beginning of these very real conversations because other, I mean, it's a setup. If yeah. not, like you said, yeah. like if you are being dishonest to please the other person, or if you're saying you might hope things will change, you say, okay, you know what? That doesn't really bother me that much. Mm-hmm. He smokes. I'm okay with that. And then 10 years later, you're like, actually, I really thought you would stop, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. did something like that. And so that's, that's a setup. And I, I think that if you're going to go the route of doing workbooks and classes and all the things, why not be your complete self? and come forward with all of the realness. I think, uh, like my last point out of the whole, how the whole uh, premarital thing was when he was talking about the good times and all and the bad times. Mm-hmm. And with the honesty that you just talked about, with the intentions that I talked about earlier, it's kind of like, the good times will always take care of itself and the bad times you have to you know what I'm, okay I, I, I just cut myself off but this this is the point I'm really trying to make uh, premarital classes is not to make the marriage easy because marriage is not easy marriage is still work but it is preparing you for those battles like I can go, speaking about Creed, I could go box right now. I could go into a ring and box and I know how to fight because I've seen people fight and I've gotten into a fight before. But premarital class is still gonna be hard if I train for a fight 
and go fight. It's still going to be difficult to fight with somebody, mm -hmm. but I have the training. I'm more prepared to do something. Uh, and we're not saying that marriage is easy, but uh, when you know the person that you're uh, with and you have your partner and you know them inside and out and you're knowing them and you're learning them and you're continuously learning, that's another point. This is teaching me how to learn you, right? Mm -hmm. What questions should I ask? Uh, when, I'm, when I'm more prepared for the battle, when I'm more prepared for the bad times, is, is going to make it worth it because I know that we can get through it. So that's one of the things that, that was like my main point when it comes to premarital classes. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, thank you for joining us on this recap episode. Go back and watch it. Maybe there's some things that we missed. We'd love to hear from you what you got out of it. Any feedback that you have for us, you can always email us. Let's talk at firstcomeslovethencomesmarriage.com. You can call the voicemail at 412-568-3763. You can DM us, DM us on Instagram or TikTok. First comes love, TCM. And don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> don't forget to subscribe. See you next. See, See you, you next, next Friday. Friday. <laughs>